Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 374 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Allison Cochran. Allison lives in Cumming, Georgia, where she is an educational technology coach who taught high school Spanish for 20 years prior to that. Welcome, Allison. Hi, Jen. So nice to talk to you today. You know, I love to talk to teachers because we could. Yes. we've been talking for like 10 minutes already before we start. And could probably go on forever with our stories. It's true. It's true. Even though I didn't teach high school or language, but I couldn't have done elementary. I could not have done high school. That's what I always think. They are a whole different animal, literally. 
yes, goes both ways. Everyone thinks they could not do the opposite. So it's true. But you know, once my kids, my own personal children, were high school level, I realized they're just really big babies. Also, hundred percent. Yes, yeah, that's, they're not as old as I, I thought them. they were. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. That's true. Well, you know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting, and when was that? So the quick answer is a coworker. You know how teacher workrooms are and we were yes. in and out all the time and eating lunch and all the ladies talking about, you know, your family's children, wait. And there was a um, man who teaches social studies here. And I guess he just overheard us and chimed in one day and said, you know, I've been doing this thing called intermittent fasting. My brother is really into weight training and he's like a personal trainer and into health. And he's told me about it. And obviously we had seen this guy like shrink, like he was, he was a lot smaller than he had been. That was in, um, 2018, fall okay. of 2018. And so I kind of filed it away, started thinking about it, started listening to your podcast or no, I wasn't listening to the podcast yet. I think I read your book. Anyways, I was thinking about it. And then in January of 2019, Rebecca Vesprosca, I can't say her last name usually, but I know Rebecca. Rebecca we, oh, and look, you're going to have to tell her, look what I'm okay. drinking. Oh, I'm drinking yes. Kroger seltzer water. And so for anybody who doesn't know, on that episode of Intermittent Fasting Stories, she brought me Kroger seltzer water. I've never had it before. I am drinking it still. It's my favorite. Awesome. Please you did tell that episode that. in person? No, no, no. I no. met her. Oh, I didn't tell the whole story. We did not do the episode in person, but oh. I met her later. She took photos of me oh, in Atlanta. Perfect. In fact, the photo that's on the jacket of Fast Feast Repeat, she took that mm-hmm. photo didn't know that. Yeah. She has photo cred right on the back of the jacket. If you turn it sideways, you can see her name. But to the photo shoot, she brought this. So when you see her, tell her I am drinking Kroger seltzer water to this day. And it was thanks to her. Anyway, I got really excited. I remember that. This is how people in the South are when they find out they know the same person. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) So, and that was only episode 10. So that was early on. But I remember listening and what she had to say just resonated so much, especially the part where she was like, I was taking a picture with my husband and I was feeling mm-hmm. so cute. And then I see this picture of myself and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. And I think that's how I have been feeling at the time. So like I said, this is 2019. And anyways, from that, so January 4th, I found an email I sent to a good friend of mine, letting her know I am starting this thing called intermittent fasting. <laughs> I was like, have you heard of it? And I'm just telling you for accountability purposes that I'm going to start. Today is my first day of no food or nothing till, uh, except black coffee until noon. So I started that day. And and look, this this episode comes out almost to the day of your five-year fast-aversary. Wow. This episode comes out January 2nd of 2024, and you started five years ago. Amazing. That is amazing. That is. Um, and I'm here today. I wanted to tell my story only because it's not necessarily a story of quick and dramatic weight loss all at once. Like a lot of the stories are, I wanted it to be that. Right. (laughs) But um, it's been kind of a winding path. Mm -hmm. And I still think that, like you always say, everybody's story is valuable. And if it can help one person, then I wanted to tell it, even though it's pretty vulnerable to get on here and say, you know, all the things. Well, I, sure. I love that, you know, and and part of part of keeping it real on the podcast is telling the ones where people are like, yeah, I started and I lost 120 pounds and it just fell right off. You know, there are stories like that, but then mm-hmm. there are the stories where that is not how it went. But the key that's already inspiring about your story is it's been five years and you're still doing it. Yes. How many yes. diets that you started in the past? I mean, intermittent fasting is not a diet. It's, it's not about 
what you eat, although what you eat, you know, we, we do care about what we eat when we're eating, mm-hmm. but it's about when you eat. So that's why it's not a diet. But how many things that you did in the past did you stick with for five years plus? Right, exactly. And I just, yeah. well, right. I, and I honestly, in my life, didn't ever diet, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say. I was a really small girl all the way until high school. Um, I remember weighing like 93 pounds in eighth, ninth grade. I mean, I, I was a little person because I'm short. I'm only 5'3". But when I quit cheerleading in uh, my JV year, uh, I guess it was 10th grade, and I really started to develop more <laughs> as a woman, I gained, I remember thinking 111 pounds was just huge. You know, it just, uh, no, oh my gosh. Me. Yeah. Cause you were, you're a little bitty, this little bitty right. thing. You're like over a hundred now. I yeah. couldn't believe it. And then, um, you know, also having in my family, I had two older sisters, I have two mm-hmm. older sisters, a younger brother. My mother was growing up in a culture of the seventies, eighties. Right. So all of the diets, I mean, I think at our house, we had the diets going on like the cabbage soup diet. <laughs> my sister, I remember one time her trying this beet diet. It was a three day, lose 10 pounds in three days or something. She oh, because it was so was gross awful. that you didn't want to eat anything. <laughs> it was horrible. And I remember, I think I was like in middle school and she was in high school and I would just sit there and crack up at her trying to choke down these nasty foods. And then, so in high school, when I started to feel quote unquote big, I remember even my best friend and I would sneak and like buy Dexatrim, you know, at the Revco because we (laughs) thought, well, we'll just, you know, take this, but we felt guilty because like our mom surely wouldn't want us taking diet pills. Right. Um, But it came from the Revco. So it was probably safe. It was totally fine. But uh, that lasted like two times because I did not like the way it made me feel. So I, I did not. Yeah. So it didn't work. And, um, and honestly, I think I've always secretly been a foodie in my heart. I just love to eat and be with friends. Um, so I didn't really diet and I did continue to gain some weight. And then through college, of course, freshman 15 came on and, you know, I look back at those pictures and I think I was not overweight, like fat, but I definitely was just puffy and inflammation, probably just eating junk food, right? It was like junk. Fast food. Uh, we had it was Papa John's at 2am. It was nothing you know, but junk. Whether our college right. cafeteria, the food was not amazing. And also the beer. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was just nothing was healthy, really. No. One year we did decide to go to the gym every night after we ate dinner and um, work out this group of girls and I before spring break. So yeah. like we could get in shape, you know? Um, and I, think I was feeling pretty good that year. But um, anyway, so just to say that all along the way, I guess diets were in my life and around me. You know, the fat-free era was late 90s when I graduated high school. And um, so I was eating the snack wells and doing right. Um, yeah. And even in college when I was, like I said, eating and having fun with my friend, I, I did always feel guilty inside about eating, mm-hmm. you know, bad foods, quote unquote, and that I would get fat is what my thoughts were. But Also, I just, like I said, enjoyed food and friends too much to really care. So into my 20s, I started teaching when I was only 21. And I remember that first year I decided to go to Weight Watchers um, because I think I was up to like 140. And again, I'm 5'3", so that felt pretty heavy. And so I went to Weight Watchers immediately did not like that. I did not want to count things. I did not want to weigh in every week and, you know, be in front of people. And also, I mean, I was 21, like a lot of the ladies, they were a lot older than me. So I couldn't really relate to their life story. Um, so that didn't last. Mm-hmm. And, and then about that time, I made a really good friend who just really taught me to love myself the way I am. Just like, if you like it, if you wear it and you feel good, that's all that matters. That's the best so, friend ever. The kind of friend was. that helps you love yourself. 
she did. Like I, before her, I would never wear tank tops. I was worried about my arms. And she was always like, what are you talking about? Like, if you like it, wear it. Like, it looks great, you know? And she just helped me change my mindset, which was fabulous. Um, so that helped for a few years. Then I moved to California in 20, I'm sorry, 2004 to go get my master's in seminary out in Pasadena. And I moved by myself, didn't know anybody, just packed up my car. I was 25 years old, 26 maybe. So you got a um, master's in what was that? Theology. Okay. I thought that's what you said. I thought you said seminary. I'm like, that was a detour. I know. I just keep saying I can't decide what I'm going to be when I grow up because now I have my (laughs) specialist in technology. So, you know, we've got Spanish anyways. So yeah, I moved, I moved across the country and, um, out there just, oh gosh, California just felt like home. It's so beautiful. You know, the weather since California, sunny and 70 every day. I lived one mile from the Rose Bowl. So I would go there and it was three miles, I believe, around the stadium and, you know, just people always run walking. So I would just go every single day and knock out three to six miles. And so I just got in great shape. And at the time, though, I did, uh, I was going through a depression. Okay. So I think that also contributed though, because I'm opposite of a lot of girls that like the stories they say in movies, like girls eat, you know, gallons of ice cream when they get sad or something. I'm not, I turn away from food. So if any time in my life that I was smaller is because I was not, you know, doing well emotionally or mentally. Mm-hmm. So I say that to say in California, yes, I was feeling good and in the weather getting more exercise, but I wasn't doing great emotionally. So I think I was definitely losing weight then. Um, was your family from back east? Like, were you- yes, everyone. Okay. Yes, because yeah, you're from. Are you from Georgia? I'm from Georgia. Yes, born okay. and raised. And honestly, no one in my family speaks another language. They're not educators. <laughs> like, I'm just like totally out of the yeah. out of the box. So all that to say, I um, ended up getting help, thankfully. Um, and uh, when I flew home, though, for one of my holidays, I went to the doctor for my physical, like normal, and he just said gosh, this is the best shape I've ever seen you in. And I remember I weighed 126. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I hadn't weighed myself in so long. I just stopped, you know, after yeah. college. I just, I was like, if I just don't look, I just don't know, you know, but it was funny that he said I was in the best shape. So physically I was in great shape, but like I said, emotionally, emotionally I was not doing great. So anyways, I continued on, got, got therapy and got a ton better. Thankfully. And yes. And with the help of medicine and um, psychotherapy, it was great. So um, I stayed healthy. I ended up moving back to Georgia in 2006 and got my own place in, in Atlanta. And I just continued teaching. I went back to teaching and I was, it's funny. I look back and I was like, I was going, so my condo was um, on Peachtree street and across the street, there was a Panera and I would go to the Panera every single morning. That was when a bagel was like, with tax, I think it was exactly a dollar. Wow. So I know. So I would go in and sweet Mary, this little, this lady that worked there, she knew my order and she'd just look at me, walk in the door and be like, I got you. And she would have me, my bagel toasted with butter. I didn't eat cream cheese at the time. But so every day for like a dollar, I would just eat my bagel. And I just laugh going, if I ate a bagel every day now, I would just, <laughs> that's just not, not the healthiest, I don't think. But um <laughs> Probably well, so I used to, on my way to work back in the low fat days, mm-hmm. I would drive through McDonald's drive through on the way to teaching and they had fat free apple muffins mm-hmm. and I would order two fat free apple muffins and a Coke, a real Coke because Coke is fat free. That was my breakfast. Oh like, yeah. What in the world? But so, that's what I would do. I don't know. Crazy time. Yeah. 
We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. That's funny. So yes, I would, or I would sometimes go through McDonald's. I just ate what I want, I guess is why I'm saying all mm-hmm. of this. Like I, and I would take to lunch, you know, whatever probably I had for dinner the night before, come home from work, you know, usually just make myself something. I don't know. Right. Drink a glass of wine usually. Sit with, you know, I just had a little dog, take her for a walk sometimes. But on all those years until I didn't get married until 20, 12, the summer I was turning 35. So I was, you know, late to get married. And, but all of those years in my early thirties, I still stayed, you know, the same. I really think when I got married, I weighed right at like 130. Okay. But eating like I did, like I said, I was never a big exerciser. So again, I preface my story now with all of this, just to say, I hadn't really had to worry about it for many years. Mm -hmm. And then when I got married and then the happy weight came, came right. on a little bit. I remember seeing the doctor the first year of marriage and I was 135 and I was like, oh no. And I asked her, do I need to lose weight? And she said, well, I mean, you could probably lose five pounds, but you're probably going to get pregnant soon because you know she knew we wanted to have kids. And she was like, you need to start sooner than later because you're 35. So she was like, so I wouldn't worry about it. It's like, okay. So as it turned out, I did end up having my son in 2014 and I gained 30 pounds in that pregnancy. And I had a really rough delivery and oh. C-section, <laughs> ended in C-section, you know, uh-huh. and stayed several days in the hospital. So that just did a number on my body. Right. And I believe people when they say they, they're saying now that like it takes two years to recover from the birth of a child, pretty much. A yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, people, people just do not quite give themselves time to appreciate because they're so, mm-hmm. even if you didn't have a C-section, you know, C-section is sure. obviously much more traumatic for your body, but even a regular birth 
Yes. We have things went on inside of there that. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy. Yes. And being, you know, like I said, later in my thirties too. Was, yeah. I think, I think it makes a difference. I'm not mm-hmm. 26, I'm 36. So right. anyways, I, I mean, I can, this is so silly too. I hate to even admit this, but I didn't really enjoy breastfeeding. And at the time I, I wasn't hungry. I will say this. I've never really been like an overeater mm-hmm. and everybody talked about how hungry you are when you're breastfeeding and that that would like burn all these calories and do all. So I was looking forward to it, right. but then it wasn't working out that way. And I really wasn't that hungry. So I don't think I was eating enough to produce. And it was just kind of a, it wasn't great. So I, I didn't enjoy it, it either. Like, so okay. no guilt. I didn't enjoy it either with, you know, with Cal, he was five weeks early. Mm-hmm. And so he couldn't latch on. Yeah. And it was very traumatic for me because I was like, of course we're going to breastfeed. And then the nurse was like, no, give him some formula. I'm like, what? And so- I, crying, crying. I gave him the formula and he was happy. I'm like, oh, yes. But, but you, you know, we feel like such a failure because we had in our minds, breastfeeding is the best. It's natural. So a fed baby is better than, than not a fed baby. Right. Absolutely. And, but I'd already felt like my body failed by not doing the natural birth I had planned for. And then the rest, you know, so I was a whole mess. (laughs) So many ways we don't, we hold ourselves responsible for something not being perfect. Right. Yeah. Yes. And I'm a very much a perfectionist. I, think I get a lot it. Of teachers are. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I know everyone around me would have been like, give yourself a break. They right. you know, even now say that, but it's just hard for me to do that. Mm-hmm. So the lowest I got back down to, and I tell the numbers, uh, even though it's hard for me to say them out loud and admit it, but I know that people are interested when they listen because that's how I feel when I listen to the episode. Right. So um, even after having my son, the lowest I saw was like 151. Mm-hmm. which I felt discouraged by. But then I got pregnant uh, when he was only I think, 15, 16 months old. We weren't trying necessarily, but I got pregnant again, but ended up miscarrying at nine weeks. Oh, so sorry about that. Thank you. Um, it was tough, but you know, that again does something to your yeah. body because you know, you've done this and done this for nine weeks and now your body's prepped and then it's not. And so right. oh, that was another kind of um, stress on my body. And, uh, we got through that and then ended up getting pregnant again that next spring with my daughter, which was a huge blessing. Actually, I found out I was pregnant with her on what would have been the due date of the other baby. Oh, you like to think that's like a special God wink, right? I do. I do feel like it was. So that was really neat. So that was 2016. And also I had gotten accepted to grad school. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I decided to apply for grad school in the midst of this. So I have a toddler. I've been pregnant. And why not go back to school? That sounds like what I would do. (laughs) My friend was like, are you crazy? And I said, well, I mean, there's no time like the present, right? Yeah. (laughs) It was, was, I had my doubts, but some good friends of mine really encouraged me. And they were like, look, we're here for you to support you. If you have to defer in the end, it's too much. That's fine. But you can at least start because you're accepted. And yeah, you know, the baby's not coming for nine months. You get, you get a whole like two semesters pretty much under you. So I did start grad school to get my specialist in instructional technology and then have my daughter in December of 2016. And so then I gained, I gained like 40 pounds with her. You know, they say you gain like 10 more with each pregnancy. That was yeah. absolutely true for me. I was like 30 then 40. And uh, I had pretty bad, I didn't realize it at the time, um, but I had pretty bad postpartum Mm -hmm. depression um, with her for a bit. And it just took me a minute to recognize it because I had been so healthy 
you know, ever since my California days and getting my treatment and, you know, and health, I, um, I just didn't ever think it would kind of quote unquote come back. Right. But, you know, as my therapist says, if you have major depressive disorder, you have seasonal affective disorder, they don't, they're not really curable. It's, mm-hmm. they're probably always going to be there, but you manage them. It's a part of who you are. And so I wish I had been maybe more aware, but whatever. So I, uh, ended up getting back on some meds and help with that, which was great. And, um, let's see. So then around that time is when I guess Joe, when my daughter was about a year, that's when he mentioned the intermittent fasting. Love so it. kind of brought us back full circle there. And like I said, I, I lost, I was losing, I was losing, but not quickly. I would say I'm a turtle. You know, if you yeah. heard people say that yeah. and because from like January to maybe, I don't know, March or April of that year, I think I only lost like 13 pounds which I don't think is terrible. That's actually, yeah, I'm like, look at that. I would not, not normal. I would not call, okay, the first 28 days, for everybody who's listening, it, where this is the first episode of 2024, so I would expect we would have some newbies listening, but your first 28 days, we call that the 28-day fast start. We don't expect to lose anything because your body's just adjusting. And then after that, about a pound a week. So if you don't lose anything in the first 28 days, that doesn't make you a turtle, that's normal. And if you lose about a pound a week, from week to week, that is also not turtle. It's just that we're so used to like the biggest loser competition or they get on the scale and they've lost 25 pounds or something, or they're the magazines at the checkout that tell us, you know, lose, you know, whatever by whatever day, 30 pounds by Valentine's day. You're not going to do that. So I actually think that was probably right at a pound a week after the fast start. Yeah, probably so looking back. And that guy, when he saw me, I remember I walked in the workroom one day and he said, oh, it's the incredible shrinking woman. You see? know, he just could tell. You could see it. Yeah. Made me laugh. Everybody else could see it. It's just hard for me to see it also. Like I've said, I'm hard on myself. So it's yeah. like, I want to be, you know, overachiever. But um, <laughs> so that was, let's, let me to spring of 2019. And then everything kind of came to a screeching halt. I, I just... I had decided at the time, I was like, oh, I can just like go off birth control now. We're not going to have any more kids. And my husband had been fixed. So I was like, I'll, I don't want to be on the hormones, you know, all the things. Maybe that's contributing to my weight loss stall or whatever. Right. And so I just, I just quit that. And then I started to feel terrible. Um, I, I just, I didn't feel good. And unfortunately, I blamed the fasting. Because at that point I was fasting longer than I ever had, like 18, 19 hours before I had been doing like 16, 17. And I just thought this black coffee is upsetting my stomach in the morning and I'm, I'm just not feeling good. Maybe I need to eat more. So I kind of also stopped fasting at the time. Okay. Okay. So this is like summer of 2019 and then I'm having hot flashes and just, I mean, couldn't sleep at night. I mean, all the things you hear about. Right. So I go to my doctor and I'm like, what is going on? Because I'm only 41. Right. So menopause was not on my radar. I'm just thinking, oh no, I've screwed up my body somehow. She's not happy. Let's help. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So he takes all my blood work and calls me back and is like, you are in menopause. Like definitely. Oh my gosh. I know. And he said, I I can't explain it. This is like the 2% of women that this happens to very early. He said, yeah, I mean, you didn't have any reason because I was like, okay, well, that's fine with me. He was like, I'm so sorry. Did you want to have more children? I was like, no, no, we're good. <laughs> so um, I, I just want to put that in there as well to say that's out, that's might fit somebody's 
story as well. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. something you hear about a lot. No, um, it isn't because the average age of menopause is 51. Mm-hmm. So 41 is very early. Yes, it is. And so I got back on uh, the birth control just for the hormones and immediately okay. felt better immediately. So then that made me realize, oh, it wasn't the fasting that was making me feel bad. And it had nothing to do with the black coffee. That was just hormones, man. They're powerful. Right. And I was just trying to come up with reasons why I wasn't feeling good. So anyways, kept going with it, got back into it. Famous last words were at Christmas of one of those years when I first started, you know, you know, if this one tablespoon of coffee creamer is causing me to not feel good, you know, not to lose weight, then I just too bad. Cause you know, that was my comfort thing. But as soon as I dropped all the creamer again, I felt a hundred percent better. Yeah. I, I know. I wish we could just have a tablespoon yeah. of creamer, right? right? But I don't know because now we don't. Yeah. This is what no one believes. I tell people I genuinely enjoy black coffee mm-hmm. as much as I looked forward to that creamy cup. And in fact, a couple of weeks ago, I I decided uh, my window is open. I was like, I'm going to make a pumpkin pie, you know, spice one that I'm used to make at home sometimes when I like. And I was like, oh, I have real whipped cream. I have real whipping cream and stuff. I'll just make it. I took two sips and I poured it out. Yeah. It just did not taste good. I did not want it. And my husband's like, what are you doing? I said, I just have to make a cup of black coffee. It's so funny when that happens. I was just on an airplane flying back from Arizona and my window was open and, you know, they were bringing stuff around and I was like, I'll have a cup of coffee. And my window was open. So I thought about putting cream and sugar in and I'm like, no, I don't want it. I just had a black. Yes. It's delicious. Yeah. No one believes you. But once you've changed, it's, it's It's hard. Yeah. Exactly. So you dropped the cream and you, the creamer, I should say, Mm -hmm. and you found out that it made a difference. Well, I'll say the biggest difference too, if anyone can relate is I was having that two o'clock slump yeah. in the day where you just, I just wanted to like fall asleep at my desk. It was unreal to me. Cause I'm like, I'm doing the things I've always done. I'm not eating differently, you know, but why am I so very tired in the afternoon? And when I dropped the creamer and the coffee, and even now I've noticed if I do, you know, just have a longer window or open early and I have a, something sugary in the morning, yeah. I have that crash later in the day. Yep. And I love knowing that now because I just try not to do it, you know, mm-hmm. unless it's something really delicious and window worthy. But um, yeah, I once I quit the cream and the coffee, I I felt so much better all in the afternoon. So that that really cool. is amazing. For anybody who's new and listening, you might be struggling with the black coffee because that is like the most common struggle that people have. It's that emotional connection to the, the creamy coffee. And then there's just something soothing about that creaminess when you're yes. eating. It. I don't, it's like your little baby blankie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's just your little security, right? It feels it's cozy. fun, I think. Yeah, I think it's fun. The, the flavors. Um, it might light also, up your brain in some way. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. I also think I kept telling myself, well, I drank because my thing was the hazelnut flavor of coffee make. And I was like, well, I drank this all in my 20s and early 30s, like with no problem. You know, I didn't, I didn't get away like this. So it's not the coffee creamer. I just like kept wanting my body to be the same. And she's like, we've walked a mile or two since then, like just a little different. Yeah. And so that, that was a good change. So yes. So got back into fasting full on clean fast, really had joined and had been listening to your podcast and the one you were on with Melanie Mm -hmm. Avalon. Right. And learned a ton about 
thankfully you guys talked about getting your blood tests done with different, like the fasting insulin yep, and leptin and ferritin and reverse T3 and all these things. So I wrote it down. I got my fasted insulin first time in 2020, summer of 2020, and it was 6.9. So I was glad that it was under 10, like you've talked about, but right. ideally I know five or lower. Yeah. And so over the years I've gone back. And so um, last summer it was 5.1. Awesome. It's getting there. But yeah. then this past summer, I don't know. It was so crazy. I went and it was 8.3. One morning. Did you drink coffee before that? Before you had I, it? I did. And See, so that I can make a difference. Your... And you, d- yes. did you hear me talk about, I don't know if I've said it on this podcast or if I just said it on Fast Face Repeat that I'm on with Sherry, but I had a fasting insulin done in maybe January of 2023. So about a year ago from the time this podcast comes out. And I wasn't, it was a new doctor's office. I wasn't expecting that they were going to be doing blood work. So I had had mm-hmm. coffee and I also used peppermint wild drops. Oh. And my fasting insulin came back 10. Oh, gosh. And I'm like, okay, wow drops, the peppermint wow drops, that's got to be it. Because mm-hmm. other, you know, my, my fasting insulin had already always been below five or even when I was, you know, before I started hormone replacement therapy, it was like five point something. Mm-hmm. So I have not used wow drops during my fast since that day. So Right. I was, I was very upset. <laughs> not very, but I, I was just like, what have I done? Because... You know, well, it's never been that high. And here's the thing about that. I'm I'm wearing a CGM again right now. I'm doing, doing some experimenting with foods just to see what happens. And my blood sugar, it goes up and down throughout the morning. Mm-hmm. Like when I get up in the morning and, you know, first my feet hit the floor, I've got a certain blood sugar from when I was asleep. And then after I move around, my body pumps out a little bit of glycogen, you know, and it blood sugar goes up. When I have that first cup of coffee, I can see my blood sugar go up you know, 10 points, 15 points, just from liver dumping the glycogen and it's normal. And so I think insulin also varies within a range, just like our blood sugar is always, our body's always keeping that blood sugar up and down, up and down, up and down, even while we're fasting. The same thing is probably true with insulin. There's, there's always that baseline amount. So I don't know how much is a normal variation. We just, we don't have a continuous insulin monitor. Boy, do I wish we did. I know. And it's just shocking to me, as you've said many times on the podcast, why doctors aren't talking about this factor more when it comes yeah. to obesity and weight loss. It's They don't know. It's so The odd. ones who aren't talking about it don't know. It's true. Yeah. Because like you said, I had to ask my doctor for the test. And at first she was like, oh, like we're going to run your A1C, your glucose. And I was like, no, I want my fasted insulin. And she's like, she's like oh, what? what? She said, most people don't ask for that. And I said, I know. I, was like, I want to. And she goes, she asked me why. I said, well, I've been doing intermittent fasting. And actually she said, oh, I've just been hearing about that in a mom's group that she was in. And she said, I do believe it's very good for your body. And I was good. like, great. So luckily I had a doctor that's, you know, on board I love that. that. Yes. Yeah. And you, you taught her something about insulin that, you know, that that's something to maybe look at. But right. for anybody who's listening, if you are going to get your fasting insulin done, do not drink coffee before you go. Just wait till exactly. after you're done because you don't want any you know, variables added to the mix. That's true. Yeah. But I will, so I will say, I said that also about the numbers to say that, oh, I got COVID in t- January of 2021 and I got long COVID. Oh no. We didn't really know it at the time that that's what it was. But yeah. I, d- I mean, and at that time it was pretty new. I did the full 10 day like quarantine for my family, yeah. stayed in the room, about went crazy. My sweet husband took care of the kids and 
delivered every meal to the door. I mean, we followed it, you know, to a T, but um, that did a number on my body. Let me ask you this. Did you Mm -hmm. experience significant weight regain after that COVID? Well, I didn't think about it, but I mean, not significant, but my weight went right back up from anything I had lost. See, we are seeing that. Um, Sherry and I talk about a lot of things behind the scenes and Mm -hmm. she hasn't, I don't think really talked publicly much about her struggle after she had COVID, her weight just went whoop up and, and she has been fighting with that to get, now it's going back down. It's taken a long time for her body to heal. And so, you know, we're reading anytime we can find a journal article or people talking about COVID and and the long-term effects, it is doing something. For sure. That that affects weight for some people. Right. Because I mean, when I was in that room for 10 days, obviously I was eating, not, I wouldn't say more than before, but I was eating three meals because I was taking these medications. They had me on a steroid and some other things. And, um, but I was trapped in my room. Now I did do some yoga and stuff, but I wasn't obviously able to go out and do much. And when I came out of quarantine, I had lost like seven pounds. Mm-hmm. Obviously not seven pounds of fat as we know, right. but I was down, which was interesting to me, but I had lost my taste and smell, yeah. which made me think maybe just less insulin release because I wasn't tasting or smelling any food. I was just putting food in my body. I don't know um, how that works exactly, but that was strange. But then yes, afterwards, um, my weight did start creeping back up. You're right. So that's interesting you point that out because I was well, getting... There's a forum that I found. I, I was searching for this is a while back. And there's a forum where people are telling their stories of, of like mm-hmm. big, large amounts of weight gain after COVID. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. So, it, you know, what could it be? Is it inflammation? Is it something with the gut? Mm-hmm. Sherry sh- found something that she shared with us last week. I can't remember. I wouldn't be able to put my hands on it. But it had to do with like, like people have worse insulin resistance or something after COVID. I don't know. Something, something that spike protein is doing. Yeah. And I, I think we'll probably understand it more as time goes on. For sure. I think so. I um my main long symptom was just extreme fatigue. Mm-hmm. I was sleeping ten hours a night and still just having to lay down at work, sometimes go down to the clinic and tell the nurse I need to just lay down. I cannot sit up anymore. I mean, some days I would go outside because I would think maybe I just need some sunlight, you know, I just, that'll give me energy. No, it would just make me more sleepy. Um, Exercise made me tired. It's supposed to energize you. Like, like, I wonder if it's doing something to your like mitochondria. I don't, I mean, something, something, your cellular power plant of your, your cells. Yes. And my doctors, I was seeing my doctor every three to six months testing my blood again. I was definitely not holding on to any B12. It was Mm -hmm. always low. And just, they tried the um, Myers cocktails on me, you know, where they inject you with the vitamins, you know, a bunch of this, you know, hoping to help that with my energy levels didn't really make a difference. Um, we tried B12 supplements. What else did I write down that I tried? Um, can't find it, but we just were trying everything. Cause I said, mm-hmm. I am only, you know, what was that? 42, 43. I should not feel this tired all the time. Now I know I have two small children and I work full time, but like still this is not, you know, And you were feeling great before that you were feeling energetic. Mm -hmm. So this was clearly something different. Mm -hmm. So it was extreme fatigue. Uh, I was very frustrated. And then my weight, like you said, kept going up. It went all the way back up. 
I think it was like my high was probably like 168 in 2021 after COVID. So in September of 2021, my doctor mentioned fentramine. Ah. <laughs> so, and like you said, since a doctor mentioned it, I thought, right. well, I mean, surely I should try it. Like, you yeah. know, she, she's obviously looking at me thinking, I mean, I'm overweight for my height. That's for sure. And I'm frustrated because I was still fasting all this time, maybe not as consistently, but I, I never did a fast less than really 14 or 16 hours still. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I was never really an overeater. I'm the person who can eat like half an Oreo and throw it away. Cause like, I yeah. just want a little taste of it. I don't have to, I don't ever like binge eat sweets and stuff or late at night. So, so I decided I would give it a try. So I did. And I, but I would only take half of the pill every day. Cause I was just determined not to be on a diet drug. Right. So right. I was like, I'm going to take half of I'm the just pill. Al- almost on a diet drug. <laughs> yes. I'm just trying it. I'm not going to, and like, I'm still going to intermittent fast. So like maybe the combination will be just right is what I was thinking. Honestly, I had gone to a naturopath. I should mention that too, before that to like, you know, try and clear my body of all of the toxins and things that I thought was maybe blocking the weight loss anyways. So even with the fentramine, I could take a nap during the day. Oh my gosh. And my doctor was like, if you can take a nap on fentramine, there is like something. Something <laughs> really is wrong. wrong. Like, yeah, yes. It's speed. I, like it, yeah. I would take it. This is a long time, way before intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. 10 years before I did intermittent fasting, but I would take it. And I remember it washed over my brain. Like, I can remember <laughs> the feeling of like, woo. And then I was yeah. like unstoppable, right? Oh, <laughs> no. Now it did make me, I, I do remember it made my mood like happier. I remember yeah. being very happy and very thankful for everything. And like, just it, it lightened me up a bit, but I'd always been on like those last several years antidepressant anyway. So it didn't feel like extreme. I felt right. good, but I was still tired. I could still yeah. take a wow. nap if I wanted to. So I did that for, I guess about nine months and I did lose like, a, but still in a year, Jen, I still only lost 16 pounds, I think from the yeah. time I started it till then. So that was still not a lot of weight loss. So then I was just like, well, I'm, you can't keep taking this obviously forever. No. Mm-hmm. I knew I didn't want to keep taking it and it wasn't really giving me huge results. I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop everything. Honestly, I just got frustrated. I stopped listening to the podcast because I yep. can't even stand to hear other people's success stories. I get it. It was bad. I just, I felt really like, I know we always say our bodies are not broken, but she felt broken to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it made me sad because I thought I've, I'm trying to do the right things and I've tried all these things. And then the other part of me is just wanting to feel happy and accepting of myself because I have a great life and I'm happy with my family, my job, right? If if the weight is the only thing really lingering in my brain, I was just like, this is silly. Like you've got to let this go. Right. Um, and my husband and I've had many talks about the cultural pressure on women to look a certain way, right? And have a certain body. But I do go back to what you often say, which is that if you don't feel good in your body, if it doesn't feel comfortable, then it does matter. It's mm-hmm. not really about the number, but if exactly right, but if I don't feel good and you know it's it's concerning to me, then it does it does matter. So um, anyway, that's where. So I started. You know, I was like, I'm just going to like take a break from everything, thinking of I'm going to try to love myself the way I am yeah. and do all the things. And that was for the remainder of 2022. Um, going into 23, I did pick back up pretty much on a 
fasting schedule. Um, but I was still just doing like basically from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. But I wouldn't eat the whole time. I'm, I say I pull a chad sometimes yeah. um, because I can eat at like 10. I can have something. I am a breakfast person. Unfortunately, I love breakfast food. I, I do like to eat earlier, but I could eat at 10 and then not eat again till five. Like I don't, okay. I'm not a snacker. So sometimes right. it's like one little meal and then a long break and then dinner, which I know isn't technically intermittent fasting, but. Well, I mean, it's just, it is, it, it's one long window. That's what Chad, it, it's a Chad fast, your Chad fast. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it felt good, you know? So I will say. But that's like eight hours. Times. It's like a 16 right. It was eight. still eight. It yep. was, right. But I just don't eat for eight hours. Within the eight hours, I would just eat. You're not eating constantly eight. for eight hours. Right. Maybe like 16, two total eight. hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But so, all um, the, from when you open to when you close, that's the fed state, but right. you're not eating constantly. So I would think that 16-8 with a meal on each end, like the mm-hmm. way Chad does it, is mm-hmm. probably better for your body metabolically than 16-8 where you're eating all the way through. I mean, clearly. So... Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all. And tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. See for Smart Energy. Stay focused. Right. So, and that wasn't every day. You know, some days I I have found that if I stop eating around 2 o'clock or 3, or even earlier sometimes, like if I do a big lunch on Sundays after church, uh, we used to just go out for Mexican and have a big lunch. Then I was done for the day. Yeah. And I would feel great. And then that would, I would see the scale move a little bit if I stopped earlier in the day. But as you know, being a working mother and, you know, just having friends wanting to go to happy hour after work, it's hard sometimes to end yeah, at 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. and then not do anything the whole. And plus going to bed a little bit hungry, sometimes it's hard to sleep. So all that to say, I think my body likes an earlier window, but I try mm-hmm. to make it be a little bit later. Not too late though. I, I don't like to eat late at night. So fast forward to this past May and went to the beach for Mother's Day with some girlfriends. That's what we do. Um, one of our friends has a condo and we like to get away. What beach Mother's do y'all Day. like to go to? It's um, Okaloosa Island. It's in Fort Walton. Yeah. Everybody in Atlanta goes that direction to the beach, mm-hmm. to the Gulf. It's true. That yes. is not the beach to me. <laughs> but I need it's to check true. out your beach. It's so um, nice over here on the Atlantic. Yeah. I bet. I bet it is. Uh so yeah. So we go there and I was drinking my black coffee and um of course I was like I said, I was right back into my routine. And uh my friend there, she said, Don't you want to put this yummy, you know, coconut cream where she bought, you know, she's like, oh, I love this in my coffee. And I was like, No, I just drink it black. She's like, I could never do that, you know. And then we got talking why I do it 
fasting, right? And it was great because she said, you know, I've been seeking out ways to maybe lose weight and I keep hearing fasting in my head. Mm-hmm. And now you've said this. So she's like, I'm thinking this is something I need to listen to. I said, oh my gosh, I have the book for you. I'm going to have it sent to your house from Amazon, from the beach. I ordered, delay, oh, don't deny it, sent yeah. it to her. And, um, and so when she got home, she read it. She started, uh, she was like, I'm starting this now. Like, you know, and so I'll say since June, when she started, we've decided to kind of hold each other accountable. And that's been great. We've been able to text each other. She's lost like 22 pounds. Hooray. I know. So it's, she'll be on this podcast one day, I'm sure. And mine still wasn't moving. And I was in August, I was getting super discouraged. Yeah. Still like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this. I still see zero results. But Jen, September 21st, <laughs> for some reason, the scale moved finally. Hooray. Um, I know, not a lot, but it moved. And so now it's kind of steadily been going down. Mm-hmm. A little bit at a time, tiny bits. And this morning it was 157.8. All right. That, so. I'm, I'm so glad it's going down. And, you know, that's like, like I hinted at, Sherry was just stuck. Her weight popped up and she really mm-hmm. thinks it was COVID. Because so, that's when it, she has like her graph, her whole weight graph. And she mm-hmm. never quit fasting. But her weight graph, I'm sure she'll talk about it one day on the Fast Feast Repeat podcast. But her weight graph, it went up mm-hmm. steadily. And then it was stuck, 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 stuck. And now yes. it's steadily coming down again. But it's like something had to heal. Right. And I kept thinking that. I was like, my body knows what to do. Mm-hmm. I have to trust, you know, that she'll let go of the weight when it's time. I didn't know when that would be. I wish we knew what, what was going on with this. I wish we could explain it, but we can't. I, I agree. And so I just keep going. So yeah. I, I'm here to say that I... Again, it's not a huge weight loss story, but it's more of a, just a journey. And it did, I will say it cleared up my plantar fasciitis. My knee, I have arthritis under my knee caps and I've had it since the early twenties from my old cheerleading days, I think. <laughs> but, um, that used to get a lot of pain and swelling around my knees. Haven't had that in a long time. Obviously I sleep wonderfully. I sailed through menopause. I feel like because of it. Um, yeah. cause I had just like that one month of the hot flashes and stuff when found out I was, that's what was happening. I took the hormones and kept fasting and feel fine. You know, it's yeah. that look back, even a friend, she said, you've already gone through menopause, but you don't weigh 300 pounds. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> that's not what has to happen. You do not have- <laughs> a lot of people feel that way though. You know, like you're just going right. to gain all this weight. And I know what yeah. she meant. Right. And so I was like, no, I don't because I intermittent fast. I really right. think that's the reason. I mean, yeah. that's what I would say to everybody is even though I wasn't losing weight, I wasn't gaining anymore. At that one point, I was just staying the same. Now I didn't right. like that set point. It was too high for my height. Um, but it, at least I wasn't gaining, right? At right. least I wasn't putting on more. So that was good. Um, and so that's why I do it. I do it because I still feel better. Oh, I have an autoimmune disease and it, it's laying dormant since I have uh, been fasting these last several years, which is great. No flare-ups are good. That's um, awesome. It is. Uh, so I continue to do it for health reasons. Yeah, I think that's really, really important. You know, we come for the weight loss and sometimes the weight loss doesn't happen like we expected it was going to. The The road is bumpier. The journey is twists and turns we didn't expect. But we know that we feel better than we did before. We know that. And we know that 
things improved, like your plantar fasciitis, the pain in your knees, your sleep, all those things got better, your autoimmune condition, no more flares there. So we can put our finger on all those things. And it, w- it would be so nice if we like could see the future if we had not done intermittent fasting and compare the two. But unfortunately, we can't. (laughs) You know, like if I had not done intermittent fasting, I wonder how big would I be right now? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we we just can't know. Right. And, you know, I think sometimes, could I do alternate daily fasting? Could I really restrict more on what it is that I'm eating? I love to cook. I haven't mentioned that yet. So, um, but as I've, you know, reflect, I'm, I'm also unwilling to do some right. more extreme things at this point in my life because I do enjoy cooking for my family. So yeah. I do want to go out with friends sometimes. So yes, there's more extreme things I could do if I really was like, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to lose 20 pounds by X, Y, Z, but I prefer a more like gentle right. <laughs> approach and to just, you know, live my life and enjoy because I am in great health. Otherwise, like all of my markers are wonderful, which was also the frustrating thing about not losing the weight is I'm like, I'm not insulin resistant. I'm not leptin resistant. I, um, you know, other than my B12 not hanging on all my other levels were great. So, you know, when you're looking at yourself going, I'm very healthy, right? But the weight is just not what I want it to be. Well, you know, like you said, the cultural pressure to be a certain size. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And that that puts the pressure on us in a way that, you know, your health markers are good. And that is really, really important. Yes, but sometimes I wish something was wrong just so I would feel the pressure more to do something. I get it. I get it. I have no sense of urgency because I feel great. (laughs) I feel so good. I'm just hanging out here. (laughs) I just don't want to look at pictures. You know, I just don't want to do that. You, You could push that window just a little later. Have you thought about that? Like a good five hour window? Yes. And I have, and I do think I I didn't mention that. I will say I've been tightening it up to five, Mm -hmm. mostly at six, you know, six, five hours. And I do think that's causing. I I really do think that that's, I think that's for, for a lot for women, especially Mm -hmm. as we're older on the other side of menopause. I think that we do need a little bit more time in the fasted state to see that fat loss. You know, for me, it it was 19.5. That was my weight loss. That's what I did, you know, most of the the time when I was losing weight, 19.5. And just, I, I need that little bit more, you know, because we know, you know, the, um, I talk about this in Fast Feast Repeat, that fat burning ramps up after hour 16, after hour 18, but between 18 and 24 is when it's ramping up. Like it's steeper. The curve gets steeper during that 18 to 24 period of time. So that doesn't mean everybody has to fast to 24. You just want to have some of the time in that enhanced fat burning time, if fat loss is what you're looking for. Yes. And I went back and read Bert Herring's appetite yep. correction just this mm-hmm. last month, just because a refresher and, and your delay don't deny also, they're both in my Kindle and I just kind of go back and forth because though I've read them and I know what mm-hmm. it says, it's such a good reminder and it's encouraging to know that, that it makes sense. Your body will do it. It knows what to do. You know, the trust factor is is big there because you hear too many things. Like a lot of people would say to me, well, maybe you're not eating enough. You know, maybe, maybe that's why your, your metabolism is slow because you're not eating enough. And I thought, well, if, 
but aren't you supposed to live in a deficit to lose weight? Right. So like, even if I wasn't eating enough, why am I not losing a pound? Right. Yeah, right. That, that, the, if you're not eating enough, I mean, you would have to really be restricting. If, if someone is not eating enough, they would lose quickly and then they would slow and then they would stall. But not eating enough isn't going to keep you from losing at all, right? Right. right. Yeah. So. <laughs> that was. I was like, I don't know what to say to that, but no. I think I eat fine. I eat to you know satiety and yeah. And that, like many people have said, that the the best part, one of the best parts of fasting, is that you learn your body so much. Yeah. Better. What are some things know. you've learned about your body? Um, well, just the things that make me feel good and don't make me feel good when I eat them, even if I love them, like cheese. Yeah. Just doesn't, I still do it sometimes, but now I definitely watch how much and when, um, because just, I I do think it's inflammatory to me. Mm. It makes Um, me puffy. I don't want to believe it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The wine, I I still enjoy a glass, but a glass is all I can really do. If I do two or more then it's, it's not, I don't feel good. I can't sleep and I'm just not, I'm not in a place in life where I'm willing to do that. It's not worth mm-hmm. it, right? I'll right. just not, yeah. not have a drink then, you know? So I, I've cut way back on even having alcohol. But when I do, I know now just one drink is good. Yeah. I don't know. What else? Just little things like you've said. If it's not window worthy, I'm not going to eat it. If it's just a little... There's a lot of candy in my office, for example, for teachers. They have a lot of chocolate and uh, all the time. Say, yes. School. And they'll say, how can you sit with all this you know, chocolate here? And I'm like, I just... I don't really want it. But if, if I do, like on a random day, if I think I want a little piece of you know, Kit Kat or something, I'll have it. But yeah. I just don't, even when I've had it lately, I spit, I don't, I don't finish it. I don't, yeah, I don't it. like that kind of candy anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I used to love Reese's peanut butter cups. Ugh, don't love them. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, they were I my favorite. I, yeah. Right. I was excited about the pumpkin ones since October Those when we're recording ones. this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, these are going to be delicious. And I bit into one last week and I literally threw it away because I was there was shocked. Those tasted better for some reason. I don't know. Back in the day. Now I don't like them at all. But I would buy them on sale every year after Halloween and I would stash them in my closet up in the top. Yeah. You know, where, and then I would eat them over the course of however long it took to finish them. But then one year I just didn't buy them. I looked at them in Target and said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's yeah. weird. Didn't want them. Hadn't had yeah. one since, I don't think. It's nice, really freeing. It really is freeing. So, so the scale has just started moving, but you have yes. no plans to stop intermittent fasting because it's just such a great way to live. It is. And we have in my family on both sides, we've had some Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm-hmm. And I just believe after all that I've read and listened to you and, you know, other experts, it's like, I just believe this is the solution. This is what we should be doing for our yeah. bodies. I'm reading all of the articles now about the um, type two diabetes drugs being used for weight loss. And I've read some in-depth articles about you know how it works, why it works. And I, all I can think is intermittent fasting does this for your body. Yeah. Like your, your body can do this. Now I'm not judging anyone if, it, if for some reason that they needed that jumpstart, you know, whatever it does. I don't, I'm not a doctor, obviously. I don't know the whole uh, reasons why somebody needs to take it. However, if it's just for weight loss, all I was thinking is your body does do these things without it. Yeah. 
It's true. You know, everybody's always calling something or other nature's ozempic. I think fasting is nature's ozempic, right? Because it, it, we have appetite correction, that phrase that Bert Hearing came up with. And we really do get in tune with what we need and what we don't need. And it's, it yeah. just feels so natural. A lot right. more natural than the phenamine felt. Oh my gosh. Yes. And then, you know, those things that just, it costs money and, you uh-huh. know, fasting's free. So it's exactly, wonderful. Exactly. So we are almost out of time. Okay. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Um, I would say two things to keep in your head and say constantly are things that you teach. Hunger is not an emergency. Yep. And don't eat for future hunger in your fast. Um, because it's not necessary, even though you might have some fear around getting hungry, but it's okay. And there's plenty of stored fat on your body that it can turn to if really needs, you know, some more energy. And then I guess I wish I had realized when I started what a mental game this is. Yeah. It's very much, or maybe just me, cause I'm an overthinker, but how much I would question, okay am I eating enough? Right. So is this the right thing? Are these hours, maybe I need a later window earlier. You know, I I went through a lot without just kind of relaxing into the process, Mm -hmm. trusting what I knew um, to be true from what I had read, uh, trusting my body that she knew what to do. And so get out of your head, I guess I could say that if, if possible, because you're going to go through all the what ifs and the fears because you've heard misinformation like, oh my gosh, I'm going to kill my metabolism. <laughs> you know, all the things somebody, people tell uh, you. Somebody in the community said that, a fr- this was yesterday, a friend of theirs was reading a book, some diet book, and it said that if you don't eat within a certain amount of time of working out, your muscles will liquefy. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> I was like, well, by now, all my muscles should be liquid. I don't know what Right. I'm like, I don't, first of all, I don't think your muscles liquefy, <laughs> but that made me laugh so hard. <laughs> I, I do. That's I'm doing Tai amazing. Chi now, Allison. I'm doing Tai Ooh, Chi every day. Good for you. My muscles are not liquefying amazingly. No. Oh my <laughs> Pretty gosh. darn strong. But yeah, you will hear crazy things out there. And on a bad day, if you're having a bad day and you're doubting, the process, yeah. then it's, yeah, you, you might believe something crazy. Well, I sure or, don't want my muscles to liquefy. I better, I mean, really. <laughs> I brownie. I don't right. Or I need one of those, you know, programs that's for fasting that's going to help or, you know, yeah. something. It's just, you know, so my, my brain has, that's been a challenge is to get over the mental hurdles. Right. Yeah. And, and the person who posted in the community did not believe your, your muscles would liquefy, by the way. She was just sharing an example of. Some of the information out there that are truly afraid. They really are. are. They are. I've got some great calf muscles that I've built jumping on my little mini rebounder. My calves are. Yes, I need to get one of those. You do. Oh, it's so fun. And it's good for your pelvic floor. Okay. Yes, oh, I need a vibration plate too. That's what I you want do. That. I love my rebounder though, because that you you really, if you can jump on a on a rebounder at our age or, you know, in, in your forties and fifties and beyond, then you have got a strong pelvic floor. So that's, that's my secret weapon going we need that. That's for sure. <laughs> See everybody, you learn more than just fasting. Absolutely. <laughs> well, Allison, it has been so great to talk to you today. Tell Rebecca, I said, hello. And, hello. um, I can't wait to hear, please keep me posted. Let me know how you're doing at this downward trend keeps going. Yes. Thank you so much, Jen. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. 
That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Murder on My Mind, a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus, explores the circumstances leading up to the murder of two young men and the mistrials of the man accused of killing them. Up-and-coming rapper YNW Melly gained notoriety in the hip-hop world for his shocking lyrics and criminal exploits. When two of his best friends were gunned down in a drive-by shooting, investigators suspected the young rapper staged the scene. But after not one but two trials that ended in hung juries and new evidence that may place YNW Melly at the scene of the crime, his trial has been paused indefinitely. With countless twists and turns, Law and Crime covers all angles of the case and begs the question, is this young artist the victim of a witch hunt or a silver-tongued devil who's evil to the core? Listen to Murder on My Mind exclusively and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.